the FCS College Football Experience MIAC Conference Preview on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's brought to you by Circa Sports. Yes, yeah, Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contest. Fourteen million dollars are up for grabs. Get all the details at circasports.com. And remember, as always, folks, to let it ride. Hey folks, this is Bud Foster. You're listening to STPN. Let's let it ride. Talk FCS football as always, and excited to talk MIAC college football. You gotta love, you know, just college football in general. I love. There's so many levels of it that I love, and and I certainly appreciate the MIAC, the SWAC, the Celebration Bowl each and every year. Last season was fucking awesome, if I may say so. Uh, with with North Carolina Central knocking off Deion Sanders and Jackson State. Uh, it was a great game. Just everything great about college football, and I'm excited to talk it all about the Miac. But you might be wondering, just who the hell is this fucking idiot yelling at you? Well, uh, my name is Colby Swigger, database Dan, aka Pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists. And lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I smoke and I drink, and um, I don't have stress, and I'm healthy. I'm very healthy when you're talking college football. Don't give a shit if we're talking D3. All right, let's go. I like football. All right, that's why I'm here. <laughs> Excited to talk to Miak. I miss North Carolina A and T here, and I, my guy Terrell Furman Jr. I know he's an A and T grad. I, I'm, I'm curious his take. Is he happy with them in the CAA? You know, we're gonna get to it all. But I am joined by my co-host. Give it up for uh, look. This guy knows FCS football and football in general as good as any. Give it up for Golf Coast Guru, aka Mike Rose. How you doing, Mike? Yo, man, what better way to end a week and a Friday than get off work, have yourself a couple cocktails and talk some meat act football. There's some talent in this conference. There's some things to be excited about. Uh, looked like a couple teams were going to run out before the, uh, this year started. And, and uh, what Howard in particular ended up sticking around. So that's good. Uh, me act football is still alive and, and I'm here for it, man. Let's do it. Yeah, I am glad. And I mean, I grew up in the in the Washington D.C. area, so I mean, I like Howard, man. I remember the days of uh, Jay Walker. You know, he was a baller for them back in the day. So uh, we used to have a TV. See, I, I'm old enough where uh, the struggle was real on television. So like, we would uh, get your regional game. You wouldn't miss. Kids don't understand. You would miss like a top ten matchup. 
because of regionality. So if like Texas was playing Texas A and M back in the day, and they're both top fifteen or something, we'd be stuck with like Maryland and Clemson, right? <laughs> or something like that. And Maryland was ass back then, right? In the nineties, in the eighties, they were all right. In the nineties, Maryland kind of was ass, and man, you'd be searching any type of channels you could get. And we had a, a like up in the fifties back. This is the knob. This you turn the knob, man. And uh, we would always get, for some reason, there was a channel that would get Marshall FCS football games pre Randy Moss, but also with Randy Moss. But uh, like when they had like tr- the Troy Brown, the Patriots wide out. And then for some reason that I feel like it was that same network. I could be talking out of my ass a little bit. But if not, then right next to it, you would get Howard football games. So as college football junkies, we were just all in. Me, my brothers, my family, just trying to watch as much football as possible. So I'm glad to see the Bison of Howard uh, stay in there. So, uh, all right. Well, look. I mean, this is uh, this this is going to be a fun. I really think this is going to be a competitive year. Like, like I think there might be some surprises. I know we just did. And folks, go listen to our Patriot League preview, our Pioneer League preview, uh, because I feel like those kind of went chalk. And I'm curious if this one's going to go chalk, and probably will. But I feel like you might have more of a mix-up in the middle here. So uh, let's shall we hop into our projections? I'm curious who you have as the team projected last in your order. I have an idea, but I'm curious. Tell me who you have. And by the way, folks, there is only six schools in the MIAC. Six. So uh, hopefully, man, they got to get Savannah State or something. They got to get. They got to go grab somebody coming up or something to preserve this conference. Um, who who do you have ranked last? Let's get to it. Yeah, so I'm interested to see who you have too, because I feel like there's one that you, that you want to put last, mm-hmm. and the one that I have last. Actually, I don't think it's the worst roster in the conference, and, and I'm I'm not entirely confident in my call. But I, I went with Norfolk State here. Uh, that's what I went with the Spartans. Interesting. I did not go with Norfolk State, so I'm okay. very curious. Make your case on why you think they will be uh, the worst team in the conference, perhaps. Yeah. So they went two and nine last year. Fell after going six and five their first year. Uh, that's Dawson Odom's head coach. Uh, he went six and five his first year with Norfolk, two and nine last year. So you bring back the quarterback, Otto Coons, uh, turnover prone. That's the deal here. 1,400 yards passing, 11 TDs, but nine interceptions. Um, you bring back both your leading rushers. You do lose six foot four wide receiver to Quan Felton. He transferred to Virginia Tech. Uh, I don't like It's already not a great passing yard. Your leading passer. Auto Coons, as I said, 1,400 yards. So not a huge uh, downfield threat. And then you go ahead and you lose a six foot four wide receiver to FBS power five football. So that's a big name you're losing. Um, it's, it's an interesting team. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of things. I'm sure we're going to get to all the names here in a second, but um, it's hard to put your confidence, uh, confidence in a team that went two and nine last year. I trust Dawson Odoms. All right. This is a guy who was with the Southern Jaguars for a long time, had a 63 and 32 record there. Now mm-hmm. I get it since coming into to, to Norfolk state, to the Spartans head coaching position, 
Uh, he's just eight and 14, six and five first year, two and nine. I feel like year three, you're probably, and, and you never know how affected you are coming in after COVID. You know what I mean? So uh, the year upon COVID essentially is what I mean. So I look for them to, 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 to bounce back in, uh, in 2023. Um, and let's talk about the schedule here. Let's, let's, let's break this down a little bit here. Cause I, I did not have them last, but uh, they did. They did go out. If you look back a year ago, they had two power fives to start the season. I'm sorry, two FBS is not power fives, but shit. I mean, the Wade Marshall, Marshall beat Notre Dame. JMU played like <laughs> easy, a played easy. like that's a power team. five. Yeah, that's <laughs> sorry. Easy. We don't talk about so, that. <laughs> yeah, that game never happened as far as you're concerned, right? Uh so they got destroyed out the gate there, but then they, they lose by ten to to the Pirates of Hampton. Uh, they, they did kind of get their ass whooped all season. Like you try to build the case for like, Oh, they're in some games. You're like, no, it's really just that Hampton game, which is a, which is, you know, a rivalry game. So um, you make a great point there, but I just think going forward, brand new season and the success he's had as a head coach. And I actually would argue that the schedule is not as light or I'm sorry, not as heavy. Uh, you got Virginia state in the non-con you still got Hampton the the rivalry game, uh, even though that's at Hampton this year, uh, and then you have what at Temple, Kurt Warner's son EJ Warner is the starting quarterback for Stan Drayton. Stan Drayton did a pretty good job. If they could fix the defense, I feel like Temple might be all right. But still, I would much rather play Temple than JMU or or uh, or Marshall. Um, because no one goes to those fucking games. I feel like there's like 10 people at those games. Looks like my, my standup shows. Um, anyway, uh, then they have Towson out of the CAA at Johnny U stadium. Um, I just think it's much more manageable. Now they still might go and they also get uh, Eddie George and Tennessee state in the non-con. Cause remember the, this conference, that's something it's not your traditional with. There's only a few teams in this conference. So their, their non-con is a lot bigger. Um, I, I, I would say the schedule is easier. Now that doesn't mean they could still have a similar record, but I think I look at Virginia state as a win, right? I think Hampton, it was a 10 point game a year ago. I could see Norfolk state winning that game. Uh, they do get North Carolina. Eight, so t- let's say they lose to temple. Let's say they lose the Towson, although Towson's breaking in a new head coach. So you, yeah. you are getting a brand new head coach in September, which I think is when you want to play a team with a brand new head coach. Then they get North Carolina A&T, who's also breaking in a new head coach, Vincent Brown, the old Patriots linebacker, new head coach of the Aggies. Um, so I, I I'm buying my, I, I'm buying into the fact that they could be three and two going into their bye week Probably so best I, case, probably best case scenario. I, I got right. them two and three. I mean, that's a rough little three game road stretch. Like you'd love to see that in, in particular, the Towson game at home. You would love to see that Tennessee state game at home. I even gave them a win over a and T. They do have the new coach, but that is a team that beat them 49 to 24. Last True. a and T has got a good program and they've yeah. had a good program for a minute. Uh, but uh, so after the bye, yeah, they head to Nashville to take on Eddie George at Tennessee State, and then back to back away as they head up to DC to take on Howard. And Howard's pretty loaded this year. Then they're home to Morgan State uh, for homecoming, and then they're at Central and at Delaware State uh, and home to to South Carolina State. Look, I don't, 
I didn't have them at the top of the MEAC. I just thought they weren't my bottom team. Um, and and the main reason why is the the essentially Dawson Odoms, the fact they're bringing back Otto Coons at the quarterback spot, the fact that Jordan Lennon was also a freshman running back a year ago, who led the team. So they're going to be a lot older. They bring back Tremaine Tolbert at the wide receiver spot too. Uh, but my team that I had ranked dead last. So I'm curious if you had this team uh, as what did, what what did I say? So there's six teams. So as fifth. fifth, I had the Delaware State Hornets as the dead to last team in the MEAC, and mainly because they're they're bringing in a brand new head coach. Lee Hull enters the uh, as as you know former former player at Holy Cross and uh, in the CFL. And look, this guy hasn't hasn't coached since 2014. He was Morgan State's head coach in 14 and 15. He wasn't terrible. He was 12 and 12 with the Bears, but he hasn't been a head coach since then. So it's a little bit of a rebirth there. He was Miak Coach of the Year one of those years back in 2014. So maybe uh, maybe I'll look like a fool uh, on this projection. But a re- really, what my logic was in, in forecasting Delaware State to be the worst team was that. Uh, bringing in a brand new head coach. You never know the system changes. I know they're bringing back CJ Henry. He was a freshman quarterback a year ago, but he didn't necessarily light the world on fire. He threw for, you know, a thousand fourteen yards, nine touchdowns, four interceptions. They do bring back uh, Marquise Gillis at the running back spot, five hundred thirty-seven yards and five touchdowns. They lose their top two wideouts, but they do have Raheem Smith back at the third wideout spot. Uh, but they also lose their their Isaiah Williams on the defensive line, who was a beast. They yeah, they bring back Marcus Winfield, who was second in the, uh, on the team in sacks. Maybe that's a good thing. Well, actually, I'm, that is a good thing because he's good. But losing Isaiah Williams, I can see a drop off in the defense. And and I'm not ready to. I don't even know if Henry will start, considering we might see a change. Like you never know what it's like with a coach, coach A to coach B, the transitions as far as what your system is, let alone. Who the guy you're going to go with at the quarterback spot? So, I just think there's more red flags around this Delaware State Hornet team. Doesn't mean it's a bad hire. I think it could could work out, but uh, that's that's who I put in dead last. So that is who I had at five. Um, when you really break it down, I th- I actually think Norfolk State is a much more talented team, and I do think they have the better head coach. My problem with it is, is you kind of broke down the Norfolk State schedule. When you really look at it, you got three straight games on the road. Then you got a back-to-back against Tennessee State and Howard. And then you have a back-to-back against uh, North Carolina Central and Delaware State. Now, Delaware State, Norfolk State, those are the two teams we're talking about here, fifth and sixth. Delaware State, that's the second leg of the last back-to-back for Norfolk State. Last year, Delaware State won that game. 28 to seven. Now you are talking new head coach, but that's a pretty convincing win. Three touchdowns. It's the second leg of a back-to-back. Like I said, Norfolk state, all back-to-back road trips with one, three in a row on the back end there uh, or early in the schedule, I should say. So um, I, I didn't like Norfolk state's uh, schedule as much as when you're talking Delaware state, you get uh division two Bowie state on the schedule. You get Virginia Lynchburg. And then you get at Central Connecticut State, who was two and nine last year. Not a great team. Um, you get Norfolk State at home, but South Carolina State, who's talented but struggled last year. So I like the breakdown of Delaware State. I think they could win that Central Connecticut State game. I think you might be onto something. Virginia Lynchburg, I don't think they're awful. So that could be interesting. Bowie State, 
Yeah, that should be a win. But how about this part though? The three game road trip. I they get two FBS schools. They, they're playing Army. I know Army's going to the shotgun because you can't run the triple option anymore, which is fucking mm. ridiculous. The NCA should reverse that rule. Uh, in, you know, for cut blocks in uh, in the next off season, but then they go to Richmond. Spiders are good, man. That's a good program there. They're in the FCS playoffs. They almost knocked off Sacramento State on the road in Sacramento a year ago. Uh, and I, I know they lost some. Richmond did lose some, a lot of that experience, but I still think that program has been good for a long time. So I expect that to be a loss. And then you play at Jagerbaum Stadium there in Oxford, Ohio, uh, against the Miami Ohio Redhawks. I think will be a bowl team. I don't think, I mean, they're in contention, I would say for a Mac championship, I, I wouldn't favor them, but I think they're in like one of four or five teams that could play for a Mac championship. So I think you'll probably go open up one and three. And I, so when you open up one and three, I think it's morale. You got to worry about. That's why I think that Lynchburg spots a little sneaky. You open up one and three, man, you're getting your ass kicked left and right. Might be a little sneaky spot for Lynchburg to bite them, but uh, but yeah, that so then they head to uh, Connecticut to take on uh, Central Connecticut State, and then they hit that bye week, and then they're hosting South Carolina State and Howard. See, I I almost feel like you'd rather play. I think those are two of the better teams in the MIAC. I think you'd rather play them on the road because I I think you're not going to beat them anyway. So even you're getting them at home. You, wouldn't you rather play? I guess you get Norfolk State at home, but you're at Morgan State, which I think will be a loss. And then, uh, I, so I guess you do get Nor- Norfolk State, who were bad. That's essentially the argument here: is is Norfolk State better than Delaware State? I'm gonna trust a guy who's in year three as opposed to year one. But uh, okay, I, I can understand your logic. I can understand your logic. You look at it too. I got I got them both starting out one and three to be honest because they both go on those three game road trips. Um, but then you got the Virginia Lynchburg game for Delaware State, which I think is a lot more of a sure thing than the North Carolina A and T game. And then you bring up South Carolina State, and I do think they are on a rebound this year. However, Delaware State gets South Carolina State after the bye week. They get them at home, and it's homecoming, and they beat this team twenty seven to twenty four in overtime last year. So. While I do think they lose, I do have it as a loss to South Carolina State. It's obviously it's a winnable game. They beat them last year, so who knows? I mean, maybe South, uh, maybe the Bulldogs don't come out and and fire as much as you kind of expect the rebound to happen this year. So it's interesting. I, I think Northfolk State has, State has the uh, better roster, but hey, I'm riding Delaware. I'm a Hornet, so let's do it. Let's let's uh let's let's put a drink on this one. There we go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. All right. Well, look. Uh, at the number four spot, I would be surprised if we had, I think I, if we had something different, I am optimistic about this team, believe it or not. And I think we really could be wrong here. And I, th- I honestly think it's like a four team race. There's one team that stands out really to me as like the best. Then there's three other to me that could knock them off this year. And then you have a division between them and Norfolk state. And, and there's like a, a level between them and Norfolk state and Delaware state. So I'm at, at, at number four, I got the Morgan state bears. How about yourself? Yeah, we're going to disagree again, man. Let's, let's go ahead. Let's have some parody in this podcast. I like it. Oh yeah. Um, I got South Carolina state here. I, I'm actually, I don't know. I'm pretty optimistic about Morgan state, man. I, I like what they're doing. Oh, I, like I think the they're a bears. contender. I think they're a contender. 
That's what I'm saying. Like I find the Miag very interesting this year because I think there's four teams that could win it. Um, I know some some publications might disagree with me, but okay. Uh, let's let, let, let's talk about South Carolina State because Buddy Pew, uh, he's like uh, he's like the fucking Bill Belichick of this uh, of FCS because the guy's been coaching for a trillion years. All right, and uh, I just trust that he's going to rebound. First off, this guy is 146 and 87. All right. Yeah. 146 and 87. He's been coaching at South Carolina state since 2002. All right. So what is that year? 21 on upon us. Well, I guess you had the COVID year, but um, they haven't had many losing seasons. Actually I'm counting what four, five in his, in his whole tenure there. And some of those were five and six seasons. I think th- three of those were five and six seasons. So I am expecting a bounce back from the Bulldogs. I actually think they're a live dog week one against Charlotte and Biff Pogey, even though I know Pogey's got that team. Uh, he brought in some nice transfers. I just feel like it's game one, brand new coach, brand new offense, brand new defense. So what better time to get them? And get this South Carolina State gets a bye week. I'm sorry, gets a week zero game leading up to that, which I also think benefits you. So South Carolina state's going to take on Jackson state at center park stadium on uh, in Atlanta on August 26th. That was a rematch two years ago. That was a celebration bowl when South Carolina state knocked off Dion. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, I just feel like to me, the big thing is Corey fields back for his super senior season at the quarterback spot. I love, if you can tell me you can get that Stetson Bennett, 2.0 here, you know, guy in college seems like everywhere. I mean, we're previewing all 133 teams on the college football experience, not the FCS college football experience, but for the FBS, every single team. And I feel like anytime you can get those quarterbacks, you look at the national championship last year. I think that was a pretty good example. Stetson Bennett was, was super old. And then even Max Duggan who could have came back for another year, but he was still old because of the COVID and the red shirt. Um, so I, I think that means a lot. So you're getting Corey Fields back. Yes, I understand. You know you're losing uh, B.J. Davis, their star linebacker, to ECU, but I just think South Carolina State they got a linebacker Patrick Godbolt back. He's a stud. Um, I just trust the pro. I, I just trust their team really that that they'll, they'll be able to rebound because you hardly ever see him have losing seasons back to back. You know what I mean? So. Uh, that's that's why I think they're a contender to win the whole thing, and and another thing is like if you go back and look at a season ago from three and eight, I don't think they were as bad as their record. Um, I know they they also had UCF and South Carolina on the schedule, that that hurts. But you you look back and say they were in that Florida A and M game, and Florida A and M was good. Willie Simmons doing a great job down there. They were in the Delaware State game that we alluded to, lost in overtime. So they they were knocking on the door in a couple of those games, even the A and T game. I feel like if final score says fourteen, but I feel like that game was a little closer than the final score. Um, I just think they can bounce back this year, and I look forward to seeing seeing if they can. Because, like I said, anytime you can give me an experienced quarterback, fourteen touchdowns, ten interceptions a year ago, fourteen hundred yards. Hopefully, he's a little bit more efficient, uh, you know, at throwing the ball. But uh, they also bring back Kendra Kendra Flowers at the running back spot. Um, I just think it's a pretty good team. It's a pretty good team, and and uh, curious, curious uh, why why you think or what do you make of this roster in general? Do you think they're contenders to win the Miac? 
Uh, so I, I do. I, I think uh, win the MIAC is, is tough, but I mean, you're talking a team that did beat NC Central's last year. They beat them 26 to 24. So there is that. Um, however, uh, casual flowers, it's, it's all the Twitter dive. You got to get involved in Twitter guys. This is why you listen to us is you've got to come to us. Cause we're doing the deep dives on this stuff. Kendrell flowers. Actually, he went to, uh, play with Tommy hammock up at NIU. Oh. He's gone. So Dude. they lost, they lost Kendrell flowers, the NIU. They lost their second and third string running back from a year ago. Both of those guys were seniors. So, uh, your guess is as good as mine. Whoever is going to be running the ball. Um, the tradition here, that's what you're playing. And, and it's a very smart play for you. Honestly, you might be right about this placing with them being above Morgan state. However, um, I, I like the part that makes me think you're right is this, this team leads the MEAC in conference championships. They have more than any other team in the conference. They have six FCS playoff appearances. Some of these teams, a lot of these teams in this conference, they don't have any, they have one at best <laughs> and they have two bye weeks. Yes, sir. They have two bye weeks, which you know, playing the benefit of playing that week zero game, even though it's against Jackson State, who uh, yes, you beat two years ago, but they're still very talented, even though Dion's not there. Um, so you're probably gonna, they're probably going to be dogs in their first three games, right? Mm-hmm. I still say that Charlotte game's interesting. Um, they get a bye week, so so it goes Jackson State neutral site game at Charlotte, then at back to back away they're at Georgia Tech. Um, then they get a bye week, and then they're taking on the Citadel, and this is a one that I actually deem winnable because mm-hmm. because of the rule changes. <laughs> the Citadel runs the option, and the NCA rule change. I think that's a big question mark. I mean, M- M- Citadel is is historically been a very good FCS school, so uh, I I don't want to say for sure that that's a win. Maybe they figure some things out, but if they can just go through that stretch, in my opinion, if they can just win one of those games, right? I think they'll be pretty fresh starting on October 7th with two bye weeks in there. Uh when they take on Virginia Lynchburg, which I think is a win. Tennessee Tech is not setting the world on fire. They still I think they still have Jeremiah Oatesville at the quarterback spot, but I think that's a winnable game. At Delaware State, I fully expect them to win. At North Carolina Central on a Thursday night, it's gonna be I mean, that's the one. And like you said, they beat them a year ago. Home to to Howard, home to Morgan State. I actually, I wouldn't even be shocked if they ran the fucking table in, in, in the, now I'm not going to say that I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked because I think it's favorable. I think when you look at the road schedule of Delaware state, central Norfolk state, yes, central is a force, but Delaware state and Norfolk, we just had them rank the two worst teams. That's your road schedule. So if you take care of business at home and maybe even if you lose that central game, you still might find yourself in the celebration bowl. That's my logic here. Um, but let's let's build a case for Morgan State because I do think Morgan State is a very intriguing team this year. Damon Wilson um doing a solid job there. Uh they were more competitive a year ago than they were previously. Uh Carson Baker is their quarterback who I remember. This guy used to start at San Diego State. Yes, sir. Uh, and he is a super senior too. So I guess we're, we're arguing two super senior quarterbacks here. That's what makes them honestly. That's why when you look up most publications, they have like North Carolina central and Howard, like kind of a tier above them. I don't know that I would do that because of the quarterback play, the experience. Now you could lo- you could argue back. Well, dude, Quentin Williams for Howard and, and Davis Richard 
for North Carolina Central are studs. That's why the difference. But I'm just saying, having a six, seven year quarterback is fucking unbelievable. So I think those are going to be harder wins than traditionally. Uh, so Carson Baker back at the quarterback spot for the Bears of Morgan State. They lost Alfonso Graham though, and this is a this was a little bit of a red flag. He's on the Steelers now. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, they bring back Jabril Johnson, the second leading rusher from a year ago, and they bring back both their wideouts from a reception standpoint, but it's not like they were setting the world on fire in the air anyway. So uh, now they do bring back linebacker, Lawrence Richardson. He led the team in tackles and they also bring back Elijah Williams with eight and a half sacks a year ago. Watch out. Um, my logic is I just trust. I trust buddy Pew more. That's that's solid logic. Um, one of the things is these two, two teams do play head to head and they actually, they play um, at Oliver C Dawson stadium with South Carolina state being the home team. However, Morgan state beat this team last year, 41 to 14 uh, Morgan state, something to keep in mind about them. Uh, you talked about um, quarterback Carson Baker. He got hurt. He got hurt. Uh, I believe it was like October 22nd. Deuce Taylor took over. He threw uh, nine interceptions, the to four touchdowns. So that's not, yeah, <laughs> yeah. not good for business. Yeah, that's not good for business. So uh, Carson Baker, obviously being a guy that started on a program like San Diego state, that's a big name to, to lose for the rest of your season. So you're talking about a coach that, that really he went 89 and 45 in division two uh, in Damon Wilson. He got this team more competitive last year, four and seven in a lot of games, lost his starting quarterback early. Now that guy's coming back and, and there's some heat around this program. you got guys like a four-star LSU transfer, Jordan tolls at the DB position. You got DB JV on Morton. This guy's a three-star, but he received 19 FBS offers. Six of them were power five. He's an Iowa state transfer. So this team's bringing in some names. They're getting a little bit of heat behind them. I like it. Um, they have only been in the FCS playoffs one time. Uh, they got blown out by Richmond, so that is what it is. But I think they're going the right direction, and I think Damon Wilson might be the right guy. And between the two, it's hard to say that even on the road, Morgan State's going to lose to South Carolina State after beating them four, forty-one to fourteen last. Fair, year. fair. But I mean, there's a thing called motivation. It's right there, right? <laughs> it's motivation all year long when you're lifting. All right, you're looking at that. You're looking at that final score. Put that shit on the wall. Um, all right, look, well, we're going to talk who we have in the top two because we I like this. We've had a lot of arguments on on who we think uh, the, or how we think the pecking order of the MIAC will go in 2023. Look, before we get to the top two, though, I want to tell you that the FCS College Football Experience is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Yes, Best Ball Mania is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million. In prizes, Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. There's so many ways to win over at Underdog, and Underdog's available in so so many different states. Head on over to UnderdogFantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Once again, that's UnderdogFantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. All right, here we are back. On the FCS College Football Experience, breaking down the MIAC. Uh at number two. I, I'm assuming we're just gonna differ for everybody. <laughs> I have Howard at number two, even though I kinda I kinda love them. So what what do you have Howard at number two? Um 
I mean, it's fine that you've been wrong about all the other ones, but we'll go ahead and we'll let you be right here. I also have Howard at number two. So we're finally on the same page, man. Now, Larry Scott is doing, I know I'm not referring to the PAC 12 commissioner that was spending like 50 G's <laughs> a night in a hotel room in Vegas, Larry Scott, who was the interim head coach of Miami back in the day. Um, they returned 20 starters from last year's team, 20. And that includes their star quarterback and star running back, Quentin Williams and Jarrett Hunter. I mean, you can definitely build me a case that uh, that this team is going to win the MIAC. Just the fact that they've been waiting for that. And, and Williams, by the way, was a stud 16 touchdowns, eight interceptions, uh, just shy of 1,900 yards in the air. Uh, and then you add in the fact that they, they, you know, Hunter rushed over 5.2 yards of rush. So uh, six touchdowns, 612 yards. I kind of, I know they lost their top wide out, but I kind of like what that when you bring back 20 starters, that's saying something, man. And then you, you look on the defensive side of the ball, that defensive line, uh, you know, Marcus Brown back. This guy had five sacks a season ago. Um, they don't really lose anybody. So you got to think that this team is going to be right there when it's all said and done to play potentially for the celebration bowl. Uh, but we, I'm glad to see, we at least have them. We agree that they're second, but I don't feel how confident do you feel about this? Like that, it, if you told me right now, honestly, any of those four, I would not be shocked if Howard went to the celebration bowl this year, you no, not at all, man. I have, I have a lot of confidence in this team. I have, I have a lot of confidence in Larry Scott. I like seeing uh, they were co champions of the MIAC last year. And a lot of people that's a little controversial. A lot of people are kind of giving them flack about it. And the dude came out and he said, Hey, if you've got a problem with it, we did what we did. We went four and one in the MIAC and we're co-champions. We played by the rules. The rules say that we're co-champions, so that is what it yeah. is. So you want to crown them, uh, crown them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'll take my crown and I'll stick up for my team. <laughs> I like that. So let's let's go, Larry Scott. You bring back 20 starters, plus you bring back an abundance of other, you know, you bring back your top three running backs. So not just Jared Hunter, but you bring back uh Eden James and Ian Way uh Wheeler, all three of those guys over five yards per carry. So just running backs, just completely stacked up. Both quarterbacks too. I mean, Williams is a stud, yeah. but Tolbert's not bad either. So they're in a very good spot as far as depth, as far as I'm concerned, like you uh, can make the absolutely. case, you can make the case like from a start standpoint, they probably have the most in the, all of the Miak. Um, So I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch. So wait, that leaves us with number one. And uh, I don't think, you know, if you watched the celebration bowl a year ago. It was a fucking awesome game, but I was watching film this week, getting ready for this episode. And I watched, you know, I watched central North Carolina central a, a decent amount anyway, but I, I went back and watched the Tennessee tech game, uh, a few other games, but uh, Davis Richards, a fucking beast. This mm -hmm. guy, I, I, I fully expect him to get a, a workout here in the NFL. Like this guy is very good. And I mean, folks, if you don't know, he threw for 2,600 yards over 2,600 yards a season ago, 25 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Oh, and then he ran for just 12 yards shy of 800 yards. That is a game changer. They have the best player in this league. 
uh, as far as I'm concerned with, with him, 8.5 yards of completion too. So it's not check down city. This guy's actually throwing a little bit down the field here. They also bring back Latrell Collier, who's a fucking stud as well at running back. If you watch the celebration bowl, I think he might've went viral because everyone was like, who the hell is this Collier guy? He's pretty nasty. Um, he had 979 yards over five uh, yards of rush, nine touchdowns a season ago. I know they lose Hicks at the wide receiver spot, but I am sold on North Carolina central being a team to look out for. And I know we didn't go through the schedule. Maybe we should go through them and Howard's schedule and build the case. Uh, but talk to me about South Carolina state. I'm uh, sorry. Talk to me about North, North Carolina, Carolina central. central. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, t- I'll talk to you about whoever you want me to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, now that you got somebody like Lindsay Scott, he's gone. Uh, Davis Richard, that's going to be a name you want to watch. That's a guy you want to watch in the FCS. Super exciting player. One of the best quarterbacks coming up, uh, coming back for the, for this year, you lose EJ Hicks. Like you said, 613 yards, seven touchdowns through the air at wide receiver, but they bring back their next three targets for Richard, uh, which is awesome. One of them, Quentin McCall, six foot four, big target coming back there. You have a potential defensive player of the year and defensive back Khalil Baker. He was second on the team in tackles four interceptions on the year. Uh, they also have their leading tackler defensive back, Manny Smith. Don't love that. Their two top uh, tacklers were both uh, corners. True. Were both Very true. Yeah. <laughs> Not always my favorite thing to see. So uh, maybe a little bit of questions about uh, the front line there, the front seven, but there's a lot to like about this team. They they're four time black net college national champions, uh, including last year, 2022, six time MEAC champions. Like we said, uh, co-champions with Howard, the Bison last year. So I'm, I'm loving it. And when you look at Trey Oliver, um, you're wondering, is this going to be the, the year that this team gets to the FCS playoff? He's and, a great coach, he, man. He is, man. They need Four to worry eight. about, they need to worry about him not getting plucked away by another school. Yeah. Uh, him, him. Yeah. Yeah. Them and FAMU. I'm worried about both. Of yeah. Them yeah. Losing their head coach. After uh, this I don't blame so. you. I don't blame yeah. you. So uh, let's hold on, but let's, let's compare. So let's look at South Carolina state uh, schedule compared to uh, I'm sorry. I keep saying South Carolina state, North Carolina central, their, their, uh, their schedule compared to Howard uh, out the gate. Central gets Winston Salem state shout out to Yancey Thigpen. That's his alma mater. Uh, and, and that, that stadium has a, what a, there's not a NASCAR track around the stadium. That insane. That's, that's, that's absolutely insane. Uh, then the, the very next week they are at North Carolina a and T this is a rivalry game. It's fucking fantastic this year. It's it's in Greensboro. And I, I try to watch that game every, every year. Um, then they head to the Rose bowl right out by me. Uh, shit. I mean, we're walking distance to the Rose bowl here to take on chip Kelly and the Bruins. Then they get, you're going uh, to be allowed to go to that game or <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'll be allowed that soft ass crowd, that wine and cheese crowd. Um, and then you have this strange game here, this neutral site game that I can't stand. Cause I think neutral site games are like these wannabe NFL games. And if that, you know, we prefer college football as opposed to the NFL Lucas oil stadium, Mississippi Valley state against North Carolina central. Why are they playing this in Indianapolis? Does anyone, can anyone tell me this? Yeah, I'm not sure what the logic is there. I mean, it's it's not even really regional in any way. I, I, like, what's going to be the draw to this game in Indiana, Indianapolis? I, I don't understand. I'll tell you this, man. 
Central schedule is hard because A and T is a rivalry game. Even though I think Central's better right now, throw the record books out in a, in a long historic rivalry, right? UCLA, they're going to lose that game, right? Then you have Mississippi Valley State, just a strange game. They should beat Mississippi Valley, uh, Mississippi Valley State, but it is a weird game. But Mike Minter and Campbell have been recruiting really, really well the past two years. Mm-hmm. I. I, I, I mean, look, central could beat Campbell, but I fully Ahaj Malik Williams, still the quarterback of the Campbell Campbells. I think that's a game. If anything, I might even favor Campbell. Then they head to Elon. Now I know McKay, the court the NC state transfer is gone at Elon, but that was an FCS playoff team a year ago. Um, that's a brutal non-con. And then you have, uh, you know, once the, once the season gets going here after the bye week at Morgan state, home to South Carolina state. At least you get them at home. Uh, then home to Norfolk state, but at Howard and home to Delaware state. The reason why I say at Howard is, is because of Howard's their strongest competition. The fact that they got to come up to DC on November 11th, where it might be cold as shit in DC on November 11th potential there for it to be really cold. That's where it's tricky because I think Howard, that's why, you know, we haven't seen odds to win the MEAC out there yet. But I hope there is at some point. I know WinBet did a great job a year ago of doing FCS lines. I didn't see a lot of futures, but I'm kind of talking myself into maybe Howard being able to, being able to to pull this off. Let's take a look at the Bison schedule. They open up on a Friday. On uh, I'm excited for this game at Eastern Michigan and Ypsilanti. Eastern Michigan's a bowl team, and I do think they're MAC contenders this year, but they are replacing a lot. So I expect Howard to lose that game, but it could be a little tr- closer than people think. Then they take on Morehouse. I think that's a win. They get Hampton at Aldi Field, where the DC Defenders play. I mean, I kind of think they should win that one, right? So, I mean, it's a little bit of a 50 50, but I feel like uh, Howard will be favored. It's in DC. I think they should be two and one. Then they get the bye week, and then they head to Robert Morris. That's not a super, that's not a juggernaut. The Colonials there at Joe Walton Stadium. Uh, then this one. How about this one? They're at Northwestern and that place. Uh, I mean, this scandal going on there. I have no idea that there could be a mass exodus in the transfer portal. All of a sudden this game, they, uh, Northwestern lost to an FCS last year. Now, granted it was Southern Illinois, but I wouldn't be, especially if you tell me half the roster leaves, I wouldn't be surprised if Howard was able to pull off the upset. That, that they have a back-to-back away though. Then they're at Harvard. Harvard's good, uh, but I still think this schedule. They're home to Norfolk State. They're at Delaware State. At South Carolina State. That's the big one, I think, for the road in conference. Home to Central and home to Morgan State. I'm telling you, they actually have a, an easier schedule to be in the Celebration Bowl this year than Central. The the difference is, is I just think Central's a better team. I agree 100%. And when you're talking FCS playoffs too, I mean, something they do look at, I mean, EMU Eastern Michigan, they're notorious for playing close games against everybody, put them out against Arizona state. They beat them on the road, you know, and then put them back at home against an FCS school and, and they could lose. So very interesting. You have that at EMU on the gray turf. And then you have at Northwestern as well. But like you said, both of those, they, they could take one of those two and it wouldn't completely surprise me. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you jump on the other side and you look at Campbell and they didn't have a great year last year at all. 
yet they housed this team. They housed North Carolina Central when they played 48 to, four, for, to uh, 18. And then you're talking about a team that also brought in 17 FBS transfers. Well, so and, I, and, <laughs> and Mike Minter landed top 70 recruiting classes mm-hmm. that that includes the that's in the FBS two years in a row, yeah. top 70. So like those guys are growing up and they have Hajj Malik Williams, who I think is really good. I, I think Campbell's a team we're going to be talking a lot about on this episode, because I, if you look back at a season ago, I know those you're like, how the hell are they five and six? And they're that talented. Um, mm-hmm. I, they had an eight point uh, one score game loss to Jackson state and Deion Sanders. who we know were talented. They had Travis Hunter and Shador Sanders and everybody seven point loss to the A and T Aggies uh, in Greensboro, a six point loss at Bryant and a seven point loss to Gardner Webb. This team was a lot better than their final record. That that's like yes. what four, four, one score losses right there. And they, they lost at ECU, but that's normal because ECU is the best team in the nation. But uh, um <laughs> Uh, no, I'm serious though. Like I, I expect Campbell to win that game, but yeah, continue building that point because I, 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 I as much as I like Davis Richard, as much as I, I like Central, I think Campbell might fuck him up. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, the, the, I mean, I mean, you know, if you're going off of what happened last year, and then you're looking at the fact that Campbell only got better, and North Carolina Central's kind of the same team. Like how how can how can you pick Carolina Central to win that game? I'm I'm not really sure. Elon's no cupcake uh, compare that to Robert Morris on the road on the other side. So it, the more we're talking about it, actually, like I'm kind of thinking about switching around too and going with the bison. I mean, you're bringing back 20 starters plus all that talent. I don't know if, if, if the star power of Richard's going to be enough to, to overtake all that experience coming back and, and what's honestly a little more favorable schedule with a potential, at least one power five win or uh, FBS win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So when it's all said and done, I, I look, I was trying to talk myself into taking Howard. I, I, I could totally see a case where they're there, but I trust Davis Richard. And I think he's the best player in the, the whole conference. So I'm still sticking to central, still sticking, sticking to North Carolina central, but I, I can't wait to watch the Miak this year. Really? Like I said, I think it's a four team race excited to watch it. Uh, so you have central in the celebration bowl. I'm going to stick with it as well. I'm going to go with central. All right, folks. Well, that is our MEAC conference preview. Subscribe to the college football through the FCS college football experience uh, at SGPN or SG.pn slash FCS. We're also on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. Remember, we also host the college football experience where we're breaking out all 133. FBS college football teams with a solo podcast like we do each and every year. So check it out there. We talk college football year round. Uh, you'll dig it. And and all of our podcasts funnel through that YouTube account. So like we host the FCS college football experience, the, the regular college football experience for the FBS, the college basketball experience, the college baseball experience and the big 12 experience. All of that comes through on the you know, youtube.com slash the college experience. But if you want to listen to those podcasts, those are all separate podcast feeds. We'd appreciate it. If you go over there and subscribe to each one. Uh, and please, if you can hop on over to iTunes, give us a five-star review. We would certainly appreciate it. So if you do that, cheers. And if not, all right, we'll see you next time. And we'll try to get that five-star review out of you. Get, get the SGPN app. It's free to download in the app store and Google play store. Also come talk me football with us in the discord sports gambling slash discord. Cannot wait for the season to start, folks. 
Uh, remember also to give us a follow on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. And remember Mike here, Mike Rose is on Twitter at GCG underscore wins. Give him a follow. And I'm on Twitter at the Colby D let's go. All right. I cannot wait for the season to kick. I got that week zero matchup. I'm excited about. All right, folks, this is the FCS college football experience. Miak preview. You better start thinking about yours and we are out of here.